Welcome to the Monday Morning Show. That's Ryan G. Hensley. I'm Grant L. Cohn. <laughs> title of the show is uh, Why the Niners Fan Base is Divided. I think it's interesting. Like The Niners have been to three of the last four NFC Championship games. It's June 12th. I mean, there's no football for three months. There's no practice for a month and a half. But fans are like mad at each other. Niner fans. Yeah. Niner fan on Niner fan Twitter violence daily. Yeah. Over these quarterbacks and the direction of the team, it's very interesting. Just how divided the te- the the fan base is. We're going to get there, but we're not, and we're going to divide it ourselves because we are definitely <laughs> part of the reason. Guilty, <laughs> divisive. But let's start with some things that everyone can agree on, non quarterback wise. Niners have some really good weapons on offense. They might have the best weapons of any team in the league, and they run the ball a lot. But if two players on this team both eclipse thousand yards this season who do you think they'll be well if i'm gonna go under the assumption is brock purdy uh, as quarterback i think i would go with well if i'm making that assumption i mean how many games is he playing is are we getting all quarterbacks one quarterback three how how many quarterbacks gonna play this year i don't know i'm just assuming they're all gonna play at some point it's gonna be brandon allen if it's brandon allen no if we're gonna get a little sam darnold at some point whether we want it or not (laughs) If it's Brock Purdy, 17 games, I'm going to say Kittle and B.A. I think th- those are the two guys I mm. can see going for 1,000. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. B.A. to me is the best wide receiver on the 49ers. Well, I don't no disagree question. with you there. I don't Got over 1,000 yards last season. So I think if anybody, it would be him. And then we saw the relationship that Brock built with George Kittle. So I can see George Kittle also going over 1,000 yards. If George Kittle – what? On that run, right, the, the end, when George Kittle and Brock Purdy got hot, what was it, the last six games? The yeah, last- I'm trying to look that up. Like, what kind of yards per game was he putting up? Let me see. Let me see. Let me right. see. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle. Let me get you. Okay, so last five games, he had uh, 28, 93, 120, 23, 29, 37, 95, 32. He has a lot of games where he has 20 to 30 yards. I swear, man. A lot. Okay. He had a bunch of touchdowns down the stretch. He had two, two, one, two, a bunch of touchdowns. Let me just say, I feel like the Niners are trying to take a little bit off of his plate. I think they want him to finish the seasons a little bit stronger. That's I think that's a reason why they drafted two tight ends this year. They've been meaning to take a little bit off his plate for years and been unsuccessful. He's almost 30. They need to pace his season out. It's getting longer. He's played a lot. And they need him playing his best at the end of the season. So I'm not saying he's going to take a step back. I just don't. Has he had 1,000 yards? I don't think he's had 1,000 yard seasons since 2019. The best season with... Yeah. So yeah, I, look. So you could be right. I'm going with Ayuk too. Okay. I, he hasn't missed a game since his rookie year. The, all of his teammates say he's going to be the breakout year uh, player this year. I feel like Kyle is coming into the year anticipating Ayuk being his guy. Yeah. In yeah. the passing game. So there's that. My question is, if I'm not going with Kittle, am I going to go with McCaffrey or Debo? That's a tough one. That's a tough one because yeah. I feel like the answer to that question is who's going to play more games. Right. And I don't know. Last year, McCaffrey didn't get hurt. That doesn't mean, and, and Debo did. It could be opposite this year, right? right? I mean, who the hell knows? It's running backs. Yeah. Quasi running backs. So, yeah. you frankly, I want to go with Debo because the Niners get their running backs hurt, hurt. And they were using McCaffrey too much last yeah. year. And I can't ignore that. And I feel like picking him to play 17 games this year would be uncharacteristically fanboyish of me. And I'm not a fanboy. So I have to just acknowledge the fact that I really don't expect McCaffrey to play the whole season at no fault of his own. Debo. I can see Debo getting a total of a thousand yards between rushing and, and, and receiving. 
but nice. just receiving, I don't know. It's that's the thing that it, the, with the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's not a lot of passing yards typically. So having True. two is tough. Having three is like, you know, I saw last year they barely had one. Ayuk had 1,015 yards. Kittle was number two at 765. Debo at 632. Now yeah. that was in 13 games. Now Kittle averaged 51 yards through the air per game. Debo 48. And That's he was very bad in the beginning. So Kittle, it's Kittle and BA, man. I'm, it's the only answer. It's the right answer. There's no other answers. No. I like but, when you put it that way. No, with Kittle, that's the thing, though. He misses games, too. I mean, he missed two. Debo yeah. missed four. Uh, McCaffrey missed none. It's a tough one. I'm going to put my chips down on Debo, and I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it at all. Well, I did like Debo's words. So maybe, you know, it comes to fruition. You know, it's you know what I don't like about Debo, though? His what? hand-eye coordination. He needs to stop dropping the ball. The Niners, not just Debo. Ayuk, too. And Jennings, all three of the Niners' top three wide receivers dropped the ball more than they should. Debo and Jennings is outrageous. Like, they're above 10%. Ayuk's at like 6 7%. They all should be below 5 Come on, guys. You guys are elite. What are you doing? They need to – I don't know if it's them or it's the coaching or whatever, but like with Brock Purdy throwing that little pillow around the field, you should catch the ball. It seems like with Debo, it's not his hands it's as much as his focus, right? He might be thinking about what he's going to do next before he catches. He has to see the ball all the way in. Well, it's never the hands. I know – I, I I want to make that clear. I don't like when people say he has good or bad bad hands, like or soft hands. You telling me this dude goes to, to bed every night just rubbing his hands with lotion, and that's why he catches passes better than the other dude? Like it has nothing to do with how soft they are, how big they are. It's it's your hand eye coordination. It's how you yeah. track the ball in the air. Not everyone tracks the ball the same or as well. Yeah. Some people aren't good at it. Sometimes you need to get your eyes checked. It's really yeah. more your eyes than your hand. Or your mind, right? Like if you're thinking yes. about the next move you're gonna make, right? You gotta run through 18 people. Yeah, maybe you're thinking about what did, that. What did Madden say? What did Madden say when we were kids? Got to catch the ball before you run. You got to catch the ball, yeah. right? Yeah, catch the ball did. first. Yeah, I used to yeah. say that all the time. What uh, all the time? Here, here, I want to ask you this question. Sure. Besides Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and CMC and D, all those guys, let's say like Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, Ronnie Bell, Danny mm-hmm. Gray. Which one of those guys has the most yards? John Chen is kind of an easy answer, but I don't know if. Well, hold on. I want to. I want to look at Ray Ray for a second because I feel like he's completely underused. He got twenty five targets last year. He averaged seventeen yards per catch. Um, how many drops did he have? Drops. It two drops. What is with the What is with the Niners wide receivers and dropping passes, man? All of them. <laughs> he so he had eight percent drop rate. Jennings, I guess Jennings. They like Jennings. Jennings has a role. McLeod should have a role, but as long as Debo's on the team, he's like Debo's backup essentially on the offense. So gonna I'm going to have to go with Jennings. What are they going to do with Ronnie Bell and and Danny Gray? Are they going to really have a role this year at all? I'm not sure Danny Gray's going to make the team, man. That's not for really? certain. That's not for show. It's not for certain. It's certainly not for show. No, is man, it? this dude is a body catcher. His best play at minicamp was beating Diamador Lenore off the line at the at the goal line and dropping a pass that would have been a touchdown. That was his best play. Is it for sure? Are Jawan Jennings or Ray Ray 100% safe, in your opinion? Yes. I would say so. Yes, that's that, that's the number three, number four wide receiver. Who's number five, though? It could be Danny Gray. It could be Tay Martin. It could be someone we don't even think about. It could be Chris Conley. Bell, you would it's, it, there's a competition right now, and Danny Gray has not separated himself whatsoever. It could be Tay Martin. It'd be crazy. I mean, it feels like Danny Gray and Bell, I mean, wouldn't they have to make the team? Do you think they would get no. cut? 
Wow. Trey Sermon did. Trey Sermon yeah. got waived. Absolutely, man. I mean, if if you're not good and they decide it, it's over for you. They're not that sentimental. Except unless you're a quarterback and they don't know what to do with you. But at wide receiver, I think they'll cut you. So Ronnie Bell could make the team over Danny Gray. Tay Martin could make the team over Danny Gray. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys have really strong hands. And uh, Gray does not. Gray is a body catcher. Yeah. How did how did Danny Gray look? Or uh, Tay Martin. How did Tay Martin look? He made a diving catch on a on a kind of errant throw from Sam Darnold. It was nice. It was like Sam Darnold ran out of the pocket to the right, play extended. Tay Martin is on the same page with him, moves with him, gets the target, lays out. Like, it's nice. Now, he's not running, he's not a fast runner like Danny Gray, but he can catch the ball. This team has has a uh, a dearth. That's not, that's not, doesn't have enough guys who can just catch the ball. That's what Garcon could do. Bolden, it's an important skill set. Jawan Jennings probably gone after this year. Who takes his place? I think that's why they drafted Ronnie Bell. He's a slot receiver. Different build, but a slot receiver. I think they're hoping it's Bell. But it could be Tay Martin. Yeah. Don't sleep on Tay Martin. Go look at his highlights from college. He was in the practice squad last year. He's pretty good. And a big body. Long, long yep. guy. Right? Yeah. A little Kendrick Bourne-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he's not, he's, right. he's actually not. Uh, he's pretty fast for his size, right? He's faster than Jennings. Yeah, I think Jennings he's like is, high four Jennings five. Jennings is the slowest receiver on the team. Did you know that? Out of all, out of ninety man roster, Jennings is the slowest guy on the team. He's like a. Four I mean, seven. he's slower than a lot of tight ends in the league. He runs a four seven something. Yeah, and essentially the way they use him in the past game is like a. He runs the same routes that Jordan Reed ran on the 49ers on third down, like line up in the slot and run like an in breaking route or an out breaking route. Essentially, run it's eight crazy, yards and yeah. It's crazy. He's the slowest receiver on the team. Drops passes constantly in practice, but in game day, he makes it the plays. You know. Yeah, but he also drops a lot of passes too. Like his drop rate in his career is like twelve percent. That's that's why, not okay. He needs that's to. Why I'm not. He's sure. not. They're not going to resign sure. him if he keeps doing that. I'm not as confident as you when it comes to Juwan Jennings. That yeah, like being on yeah, the team. It's true. Hey, fair. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like Kyle loves him. Yeah. No matter what, Kyle he loves does, him. He does get like in bed. So a lot of praise. Certain players, and it's just Kyle trusts him. It can do Kyle no trusts Jennings, but does, he Kyle will call Jennings' number in critical situations, but not Ayuk. Go figure. Yeah. When Ayuk is better at literally everything than Jennings, everything. there's not not one thing. Maybe blocking. Maybe yeah. blocking. Jennings is better, but like catching the ball, getting open, like everything. You you got to go to. But when when does Kyle really call Ayuk's number in a critical situation ever? It's a good point. That's a good point. Too many targets for Debo last season in, in those situations as well. I mean, it should be Kittle. It should be Kittle. Uh, you can't I, trust Debo to get open. You can't trust him to catch the ball. But afterward, you can trust him to make plays. So, yeah, man, if it's third down, got to have it. I'm not going to him. Pass the sticks. Hell any no. Chance, I'll any, hand it to him. Any chance 49ers get 3,000-yard receivers? Any chance? I don't think they pass enough. Yeah. I think they're more likely to have none than, than two. They yeah. barely got one last year. You catch with your eyes. Thank you. All day, every day, Kim. Mui says, I remember when Lance broke his ankle. I was in a bar, and this guy yelled, Jimmy G, baby. I mean, immediately after. This guy was no doubt racist, though. That's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. No. Did you no. shoot him a look? Did everyone look at him like, hey, jerk. Yeah. Ryan, have you and Larry spoken? No. Nope. He has my number. I'm sure he'll call me at some point. Yeah, I have a feeling that's going to get squashed eventually. Hmm. 
I, that's my if I had to gamble on it, but I'm not a I'm not a big gambler. Joseph Stockbridge says I can agree. At my job, the employees in my department are mostly Niner fans. With the divide, I say play Lance though. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange divide. It's a Civil War Niner fans. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to get there yet. Let's talk about uh, running backs. Hmm. Christian McCaffrey, best running back the Niners have had in a long time. I really like watching him play. He's not quite the runner that like Frank Gore was or Raheem Mostert was, but the overall impact on the offense, it's more than your typical running back. He's such a weapon. Anyway, okay, okay. not about Christian McCaffrey. You need to have a good number two running back to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. He's only 200 pounds. And Elijah Mitchell, man, he's so good. He's like a starting running back, but he can't stay healthy. And he's opening the door for Jordan Mason to take his spot. Who do you think will have more carries this year, Mason or Mitchell? I'm going to go with more carries, more yards for Mason simply because of uh, Elijah Mitchell has been unable to stay on the field for long periods of time. Just a health just a health thing. I think they're both great. Uh, they're both they're a little different. Mitchell runs really hard, but he doesn't really have the body behind him to uh, take that kind of punishment and also mm-hmm. to be as effective running that hard. Like running hard is great, but mm-hmm. when you're built like Mason and you run hard, it's a different effect on defense. Correct. Uh, I, I'm just I really <laughs> everything I saw from Mason was fantastic, man. And so far, he's been more durable. Mitchell, I I would love to see a full season from Elijah Mitchell. I just don't think that's really realistic based on the history. And so I'm going to go with Mason. More carries, more yards. Yeah, last year, uh, Mitchell had 45 carries. Mason had 43. Mitchell averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Mason averaged 6. But when Mitchell was on the field or healthy, they gave him nine carries a game. Kyle loves him. But at a certain point, if you're hurt, all the time, and you missed most of the offseason, back-to-back offseasons, and you got this Jordan Mason guy who is durable and consistent and relentless, and now he's in his second year, and he's improving. At a certain point, I mean, the decision makes itself. Yeah. Elijah, we love you, man. But you, your offseason wasn't great by no fault of your own, or I don't know. And this guy is a freaking machine. So yeah. uh, we got to go with him. He's in tip-top shape. You're not. He's durable. You're not. We love you, man. And we might need you at some point because running backs get hurt all the time. But he earned the – I think he's in the process of earning the number two running back spot. Mitchell would have to come back, have a full training camp, and you know miss no time. If he does that, yeah, you're the, you've are the. you been in the league longer. You've proven more. You're the number two running back. But you, you miss another couple weeks, two, three weeks. You miss some play, preseason games. I think it's fair for the Niners to go with the number two guy who's fully prepared in great shape. And yeah, I, I expect Mitchell to be the number two guy if he's healthy. I think you're right. Kyle Shanahan just loves him, but that's mm-hmm. the question. And right. I was going to ask you, they don't have to tell you what's going on with players' injuries right now in the offseason, right? So when he, when right. Mitchell was sitting there out of it during OTAs and minicamp, they didn't tell you say, anything. I asked Kyle, like, is he is he injured? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah he's got something. But he, he won't say what because he doesn't have to. That's how football teams are. That's what they have to say. Fair enough. And that must be continuation from last year unless he got don't know. Hurt playing hoop could have been something week one of otas man he could have pulled his hamstring week one of otas yeah man so you're saying i mean mitchell's really good man so is mason 49ers got the best running back room in the nfl to me like cmc mitchell mason juice check great but like mitchell it just can't stay healthy. if mitchell's healthy 
But if you remember, Mitchell missed most of last offseason, too. He was coming off a knee surgery. He missed most of OTAs. He came back. I think he got hurt again in training camp. And they they finally got him healthy for week one, and then he got hurt in his sixth uh, carry. He wasn't really in football shape. Like... He never he was he never really came together for him. Meanwhile, Jordan Mason was just there every day. So that yeah. happens again. I'm I'm putting my money on Mason to get more carries uh, and just take his spot. And just do take you, his spot. Do you think TDP makes this roster fourth QB or running back four RB four? Um, to be determined. I think it's trending that direction. Ty, if you're watching it. Um, I don't. I, I, I haven't else? seen. Kalen Laburn make a play yet in uh, 11 on 11s. Like it seems to me what the, what teams do, if an undrafted free agent is making plays and you know flashing promise in practice, then they'll put him on the 53 man roster because they know it's undeniable and they probably can't sneak him on the practice squad. He's going to show out in the preseason, yeah, like like Jordan Mason did. Yeah, but if it's their secret and they can sneak him on the practice squad, they will, even if they like him. So yeah. with Laburn, like until he really shows something, he's a practice squad guy. But yeah. if he shows out in the preseason, then it's a different story. So we'll see. And with running backs, it's so much about the preseason, right? It's so yeah, much it has about to be the in games so we'll with see. pads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't really tell. Yeah. yeah, but we could see it early with Mason last year in practice. Just the fact that there was no hesitation. He was always fighting daylight. He ran hard, and man, he was in good shape. You could see it as opposed yeah. to Mitchell, who was rehabbing, or Ty Davis-Price, who was running into offensive linemen constantly, getting no yards, stopping his feet, like where Mason doesn't stop his feet, and you're thinking, that's probably going to translate to the games, and then it did. So, I mean, there's a situation, knock on wood, where you know CMC and Elijah Mitchell both have a long history of being injured, and so there's a situation where Mason is your RB1 for a couple games during this season. So I, I think you could win. I think you could win in that situation. He's yeah. not the kind of guy who could run the ball twenty times if he wanted him to. And again, people say, "Well, he's just a closer because when he's on the field, it really telegraphs that you're running." Because yeah, like I don't know about that. First of all, yeah. he's a better receiver from what I see than Mitchell. He has better hand-eye coordination and a better route runner than Mitchell. And in terms of blocking, how often do the Niners ever ask their tailbacks to block? Yeah, those guys run routes. The guys who stay in and block, if they're in that situation, third and nine, it's usually Kittle or Juszczyk. So I, I just don't see what the big freaking deal is. It's actually, on the field. Pretty, it's actually pretty remarkable that he's averaging six yards per carry because he was the closer. And most of the time, right. they knew he was running. And he's Eight still in the box, was, nine in the box, yeah. four minutes left, up two touchdowns. We're running! I, I bet you at least, what, 40%, 50% of his runs were in that situation. So... Yeah. I mean, that speaks highly Tremendous. of Mason. I mean, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, the, the starter on this team, the best running back seems had in a long time, literally calls Jordan Mason Mariano Rivera, as in not just the closer on this team, like the best closer in the league, one of the best closers ever, freaking undrafted rookie Jordan Mason. Now he's in his second year, and I'm telling you, you guys haven't seen Jordan Mason yet, but remember what he looked like last year. Now think five pounds less, five pounds less, trimmer, more explosive. He should be your third and third and goal, short third and short. He should be your running goal back. line, goal line, running back, goal line every time. Kyle, you all, everyone loved. I I was the guy who said I didn't like the Christian McCaffrey trade. I was wrong. Okay, literally everyone said great trade. So now back off. You don't have to prove it. You gave him all those carries, touches, yards, touchdowns last year. Stop, because the minute you get Christian McCaffrey hurt, then I can come back in and be like, well, this is why I didn't like the trade. 
because he's a running back and you can't keep your running backs healthy. So as long as you keep Christian, all you got to do is keep him healthy from here on out for the next two, three years. You keep him healthy. It's one of the greatest trades in franchise history. The minute you get him hurt because you ran him 25 times in September. Ooh, I'm back on you. I'm back on you, baby. Yeah. And, and it's not only just the injury, but Mason to me is better than CMC at, at short goal line running back. I would rather have Mason. I really would. I know it sounds crazy. CMC is one of the best. The whole world the knows league. you're running. I'd rather yeah. have Mason in the field too. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, he's just got the power. No doubt. Joseph Stockbridge got you. Uh, Joseph DeSoto says, just imagine Jordan Mason with a higher workload. I want to see running back by committee again. Like, what happened to that? Like, they did that briefly uh, a few years ago. What was it? The 20? I should have asked Bobby Turner about that the other day. Like, dude, Bobby, we all love you, man, and you're the GOAT. But, like, why do you not rotate your running backs more? Or is it not you? Is it Kyle? If we get him again... He's the kind of guy where you could ask him that question in a respectful way and he would answer it in a honest way. And I should, because it is a good question. Otherwise, I'm just asking, like, why are you so awesome? So yeah, Bobby. Yeah. Um, what's up with the rotation, man? Yeah. Come on. Let's good, see good it. Point. Let's see it. All right. All right, fan base. It's how, how can a fan base be so divided at its at each other's throats almost like you know political discourse forums where you talk like people who really dislike each other uh and wouldn't be friends with each other like niner fans usually are supposed to be friends that's the whole point right you meet up before the game you wear the jersey and you say bro i like the niners too bro and you're like yeah but no now you have to be like well what kind of niner fan are you do you like brock or do you like trey and if not and it's like then it's like you know a rumble in the streets and people start singing (laughs) and it's like anyway why why is that Lord. happening with this fan base? I mean, there's so much success. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? Uh you just that that Warriors reference from the movie The Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. basically that's what it is. West Side Story. Yeah, West Side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You know, I think a lot of it is just online stuff. I think a lot yeah. of it's Twitter, a lot of it's YouTube Probably. comments. Because yeah. in real life, like these people, like when I when I'll, when I'll say something on Twitter and people react like you POS, like, you know, just going crazy. If I was to say that same thing to the, a person in real life, that would not be the response I would get 99% of the time. It, maybe they would disagree, but it's just that you're taking the humanity out of it when you're online. So I think a lot of it's that. And the other part is just we're still looking for a quarterback. And some people are like what they saw from Brock. Some people liked what they saw from Jimmy. Some people want to see what Trey can do. I mean, Jesse had that poll on his Twitter, Jesse asked a question, you know, if no context, if you had to cut one, who would you cut Trey Lance or Brock Purdy? And I think like 1800 people voted something like that. And it was literally 50, 50. It doesn't get any more divided than that. Yeah. 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 So, so Kyle sort of set this up and the way I look at it is the Niners are in this really unique situation where you're in year seven with a coach and you don't have a quarterback. Like, no other coach gets to do that. And Kyle's a celebrity coach who hasn't won a Super Bowl. How many other coaches in professional sports are famous without hardware to back it up? Right. right. Any? and None? So, so he's in this class by himself where everyone believes in him. Everyone trusts him. Everyone thinks he's going to be a Super Bowl champion eventually. So no one criticizes him. So the fact that this quarterback drama is still going on in year seven doesn't fall at his feet. People just pick sides and half the people yell at one quarterback half the people yell at the other quarterback 
as if they're supposed to develop themselves, as if Kyle didn't pick them, as if Kyle didn't pit them against each other. Yeah. And well, it's, it, to me, it's it's the collective fan base's uh, reluctance or scared uh, reluctance to hold Kyle accountable for freaking anything because they're afraid he's the best coach they can get. So they just, you know, pick sides on these quarterbacks. I mean, it's a result of this, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? This, I was going to say ad administration. <laughs> That's not the right word. What am I thinking? This, uh, the Kyle Shannon um, era. Regime. Era. Regime. There we go. Regime was the word I was looking for. Thank you very much. It's a result of this regime's inability to lock in a quarterback position. I mean, think if we had like a franchise quarterback right now, what would we be talking about? What, like really, what, what the hell would we be talking about right now if we had a franchise quarterback? Free safety. Is, is, is Jair Brown going to start week one? Right. Or is there going to be a special three safety package? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But no, that's not what we ever talk about with this team. And again, like, we were talking about Bill Walsh today. I made a video about Bill Walsh today. I think if Bill Walsh were alive and he, we asked him off the record or to give his candid opinion of the 49ers, I I never met Bill Walsh. My dad knew him very well. I'm guessing something he might say fairly quickly. There you go. Would be maybe off the record. um, Good team. Where's the freaking quarterback? Yeah, yeah. We go, Where's the freaking quarterback? Here? And like the Niners are so uh, proud of their roster or their defense, but the way a defense works, it's only as good as its weakest link. Let's say Traverius Ward misses a month and Ambry Thomas replaces him. Well, you got a huge problem now, and all the great players you have on your defense are kind of being wasted because Ambry Thomas is getting roasted left and right. So defenses are fickle. Quarterbacks are not. If you got an elite one, he's there. You can count on that yeah. if you can keep him upright, which the Niners can't do that either. So. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of an unserious team. They talk about their roster left. Like, where is your quarterback? It's year seven. How long is this search is going to go on? I feel like we're on season seven of a really entertaining show, but at the same time, the longer you get in, the more pointless it feels. It's like, this is going to go on forever. Every season is kind of like the last season. It's not really, it's not the fan base's fault. I mean, really what this boils down to is the 49ers have been unable to find their quarterback and therefore the fan base is fighting about quarterbacks. So it's really the fan base is divided because of the 49ers. They need to figure right. figure it out. And, that, and on the one hand, you got guys that like, you know, cl- that love a Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy type. Like, you know what? No, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's better than what we've had in a long time and we're winning and I like winning better than losing. So let's go with it. And that's fair. Then you got other fans who are like, you know what? No, I don't care. That we haven't had a franchise quarterback since 1999. I don't freaking care. That's what you need. I'm not settling for anything less than that, even though this is a good story. And that's fair. And what it comes down to is Kyle's presenting imperfect options for fans to pick, to choose from, and he won't choose from any either. So this is what you get. Yeah. A really, really pissed off fan base of a team that wins a lot, but doesn't win a championship. It's not our fault. It's not our no. fault. It's really not. Like people are just picking who they want to pick based on what options we have in front of us. It's really the 49ers' fault for not having this position figured out. A lot of people say it's, you know, it's really hard to find a franchise quarterback, and that's true. But it's been 22 years. 22 years we've had seven draft picks, or I think it's been seven rounds for 22 years. But let's say 22 years, seven rounds each draft, and we still have not figured it out. I mean, what's seven times, what is that, 154 draft picks we've made and we've been unable to find it? Like, it's a problem, man. And it really, it's the most frustrating thing in this fan base. It's reasons 
why we fight and it's what makes things frustrating. I would love to sacrifice views on my YouTube channel and not have to talk about quarterbacks. I would, I would take that L I don't know if you would, cause I'm a fan, but I would take that loss of views and not have to talk about quarterbacks during the off season. That's all I want. Well, one thing I've been thinking about is yeah, the fan base is divided and like I can further that wedge any day I can do it. And a lot of us do. And I think one thing we could think about is not doing that because Brock didn't do anything wrong. Trey didn't do anything wrong. It's sort of a meta conversation. Pitting them against each other isn't really fair to them or the team or the fan base. And so maybe there are ways to bring people together. And I was trying to think about it today. Like, what would Bill Walsh think of these quarterbacks? I think he'd like both of them. I think he'd like both of them. I think he'd want both of them on his team. I think you can see a little bit of a very poor man's Joe in Brock. You can see a, a little bit of a very poor man, Steve and Trey. And you look at what, Bro- what Bill did. He had the real Joe. Two Super Bowls traded for Steve anyway. Like that guy was never settling. So if he had the real Brock, he'd love him and see all of his great qualities. And he'd still have his eyes open for the next quarterback. And he'd still want to coach Trey Lance. I don't know that he would have traded three first round picks for Trey Lance. But if Lance was on his team, he would have coached him up. I feel like he would have drafted someone better than Brock and Trey. If he was here, I don't think he would have shied away from Justin Fields. Yeah, he would, he would have been all he would have shied away from somebody. Justin Fields. He would have been he all over let, Justin Fields. He wouldn't have let Patrick Mahomes slide by. No. He would no. have all, yeah, he would have caught that. He wouldn't like, have wasted his time with CJ Beathard. Yeah, so he, I mean, he may like him if they were given to him. Like, he would have been like, yeah, these guys have good things about them. Yeah, I can coach him. Yeah, he, but I'm not done coach. looking. Right, he's not done I'm looking. I'm not done and, looking. And if he was no. bringing co- quarterbacks in, he probably wouldn't have brought either one of them in if we're being real. I don't see a world where where Bill Walsh would have traded three first round picks for a quarterback who played Division One, Double A, whatever. He wouldn't have done it. He yeah. never made that big of an investment in a quarterback ever. He drafted yeah. Joe in round three. He traded a second and a fourth for Steve. Those were the investments he made. He he would have been the guy looking at Trey Lance now, being like, "Ooh, I'll trade for Trey. Let me call up the Niners. I'll give you a second. I'll give yeah. you a fourth. Now yeah. he would have gotten Trey. Not not the way the Niners did it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, what's crazy is the year before, I believe. 49ers were at 14th, and Justin Herbert went and for at six overall, I think, or seventh overall. That was the year. That that's mm-hmm. the year you, you trade up. Go get Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. Mm-hmm. The year before in 2020, instead of drafting Kinlaw, you draft Herbert. You make that trade then. Correct. See, that that seems like something Bill Walsh would have done more than, and he's not a trade up to go get a guy anyways type of type of guy. But if you're gonna make that trade, that was that was your opportunity. Or Patrick Mahomes when you were all in on Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, those were the opportunities. That that's where the failure occurred. It's yeah, it, it, you know, Bill Walsh may have liked Trey Lance, may have liked uh, Brock Purdy, but he probably wouldn't have brought either one of them here in the first place. He probably would. So have let me them. let me let me leave this fans with this before we leave. I, I, we all need to agree on we all need to agree on this. It's why Flav in particular, I keep calling him out by name, really bugs me because all of his animosity is. 100% directed towards Trey. And I feel like Trey is not the bad guy. Brock is not the bad guy. Jimmy was not the bad guy. We got to stop with that. Yeah. If there is a bad guy here, it's Kyle. Kyle. It's yeah. Kyle. If there is one. He's responsible for all of this. These, these, both, these quarterbacks are so young. He's the coach. He's supposed to be in charge. He's supposed to be nurturing them and pointing them in the right direction for their careers, and he doesn't do that. So and- it's him. We need to focus on him. And it's okay to say Kyle Shanahan is good at this, but he's not good at that, right? Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan is mm-hmm. a very good play mm-hmm. designer. He schemes guys mm-hmm. wide open. He's really good with the run game, 
All those things are true, but he's also not good at finding the damn quarterback. That's also mm-hmm. true. It's okay to say both. Here's what Kyle's really good at. His run game's great, but he's not responsible for the run game. That's Bobby Turner and Chris Forster. His play-action pass game off of the run game, people talk about. Like, the play-action passes look just like the runs. He does a good job of marrying them so you can't really decipher on the field what's what. Shanahan's been doing that for a long time. They're good at that. But when you get past that and you get to the drop-back passing game, rudimentary. No one's scared of it. It's not something they even really spend that much time on, which is great because, I mean, they're always winning. They have a great defense. They don't have to play that way, but eventually you do. Eventually you do. I mean, it's a weakness. So yeah. it's okay to point out that weakness. And it's when you have a weakness as a football team, as a coach, you need to work on that weakness to correct it. But the drop back passing game for the 49ers is almost non existent. It's an afterthought. It's an afterthought. Yeah. From from the design to the quarterback to the pass protection, it's all an afterthought. Yeah. As if they're just going to take a lead and just sit on teams for every game. Like it's not that easy. Yeah. You don't win Super Bowls. Like the 1972 Dolphins, you just can't do that anymore. At a certain point, you're going to have to score 35 points, 40 points against Mahomes. You're going to have to be in a fourth quarter where he scored a touchdown in a minute and 15 seconds. Now it's your turn. Can you score in a minute and 15? No? Okay, you lost. Yeah. Sorry. And, and, and it's not just what, Mahomes. It's Allen, too. It's, it's Burrow, too. Yeah. And, and that's Herbert the reason why I want to keep – that's why I want to see Trey because he maybe he can. Maybe he can't. If, but we need if to know. he can't, I need, need to, to know, know that too. We need to know yeah. if he can't also. It's not, it's right. not just we need to know if he can't. We need to know if he can't because we got to move on and find that guy. Right. Whether- and like Brock, Brock could improve. I'm not saying he can't. But if right. he improves, it's going to be incrementally in places he's already good at. Like he'll read defenses a little bit better. He'll be a little more accurate. Like is he ever going to have a stronger arm that pushes the ball 40, 45 yards down the side? No. He can't improve in that, especially after this injury. So there's a cap. There's a cap for every player. But – that's why some people say like, yeah, I mean, I'm open-minded. I, 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 he can improve, but I just don't see how this one thing can really improve. And if it doesn't, that's a limitation. As Bill Walsh said, there have been Hall of Fame quarterbacks without the full inventory of throws, but not many. Not recently. And not, and not a lot recently. Not a lot recently. Yeah. So, he wrote that in 1997. MGM Production says Jimmy's pressure to sack rate, 18.8. Brock, 17.2. Sure, Brock may appear more mobile, but the stats show he gets sacked at nearly the same rate. Thoughts? As as one content creator would put it, facts over feelings. Facts over feelings. It's good to know. I think what you see with Jimmy is that he gets rid of the ball quicker than Brock. What Brock does is he maybe avoids pressure better than Jimmy, but he also holds the ball longer than Jimmy. And when you do stuff like that and you spin out of the back of the... You create sacks. You create pressure. A lot of times he was scrambling without pressure because... That's who he is. When people compare him to Drew Brees, dude, dude, Drew Brees was the quickest decision maker ever. Extremely ever? accurate. Extremely accurate. But I mean, in terms of just getting the ball and getting out of his hands, I don't know that anyone did it faster than him. I mean, I don't even think Peyton did it faster than Brees. Like, that is not Brock. Brock wants to hold the ball. He wants yeah. to extend the play. He's much more Russell Wilson without the deep ball than Drew Brees. And I tweeted it out Peyton. this morning. Uh, when it comes to When it comes to who is going to be accurate on the first read get the ball out quick jimmy is the best that we've seen at that a short yeah. pass get the ball out quick and be accurate jimmy. with it that's jimmy garoppolo man he's the best at it. he's better than trey he's better than brock purdy if we're being honest <clears throat> the you problem see, is um, everything else that's the problem do you see everything cameron else. jordan talking about kirk cousins 
talking about making quick decisions. He's like talking about, he was at a pass rushing summit. He's like, a lot of you guys are focused on this and this technique. And what he's like, man, you guys are thinking too much. You know, if you make slow, right decisions, you're benched. You know what we call s- slow, good decisions? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he said that? He said that. And I wow. was like, man, that is so true. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo made a lot of quick, bad decisions. Kyle Shanahan to me makes, when, when the pressure's on, he makes slow, bad decisions. He's paralysis by analysis. Yeah, and I don't think Jimmy's – it's not Jimmy's decision-making that I liked. It was <clears> – the best thing that Jimmy was good at, if if the first read was open, the play call that was designed – Yeah. Ba-bap. Jimmy, the ball – No hesitation. Going, boom. He's got it out, and it, it's, Quick, it's on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but when you have to talk, like, second, third read, decision-making, anything else, that's why he was just – that's why he was Jimmy Garoppolo. How about, you know, Walsh said how important mobility is in escaping pressure? Yeah. Nah. He didn't want Brady because look, as great as Brady is, Brady couldn't have made the throw that Montana made to Clark in the back of the end zone. That never happens with Brady. He can't get out there. That's true. And you saw what Walsh said. He said mobility is critical. Brady didn't have it. And that's kind of ahead of time because back in the nineties, that mobility wasn't that, that big. It wasn't that prevalent. So Joe Montana was kind of ahead of his time with that take. Well, it, it, Walsh, absolutely. I mean, oh, I think back oh. then people were thinking you you want six foot four, six foot five, strong arm. What he was thinking is it's about your feet. It's yeah. about how quick you are. And wh- who did he compare it to? Sugar Ray Leonard. And his point was, you know, yeah. there are a lot of really good fighters in the eighties: <clears throat> Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns. They hit harder than St- Sugar Ray Leonard. What made Leonard? Why was he the best champion of the eighties in the welterweight division? He was quicker than them. Yeah. He was flat out quicker than them. And so was Joe. Joe's feet were super quick. Brock's feet are super quick. I think yeah. Bill would like Brock, but at the same time, Joe wasn't good enough for him. He's like, Joe, you're 30. Yeah, yeah we need, we're going to need to bring in Steve. Thanks a lot. Yeah. We're he would like Brock. Him. He'd make the most out of Brock. He wouldn't mm-hmm. settle for Brock, though. He no, would, no, 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 no. He would be looking nope. all the time. He yeah. would never settle at ever. At, he would never for anybody. Settle. Yeah. Never. And that's, again, like when people are saying, hey, Brock's, we can win with Brock. He's a winner. It's like, the search is over. Like, no, the search is never over. <laughs> we don't even know. How good he is, or if he can stay healthy for more than eight games at a time. Winning, winning is a team stat. I, like people need to really understand that. Of course, a quarterback can help you win or lose, <clears throat> but like it's like people say it about Herbert. Oh, Herbert, he lose, he lost. Like he, he's on the Chargers. It's not the 49ers. It's a different thing. You need to put every quarterback that you're talking about. Put them on this roster. Right. A lot of them are gonna freaking win, but some can go beyond the offense that's schemed up for you and actually do the winning for you. Put the team on I their mean, back. The Rams figured that out when they traded for Stafford. That yeah. guy done a lot of losing in Detroit because right. that team, that franchise is poverty and right. it's obvious. So you bring him in and put him in a good franchise, and all of a sudden you like win a Super Bowl. Like it's you got to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think the opposite is true for Purdy. Like, you know, if you just put Purdy on a team like Cleveland that sucks and has no direction, is he just gonna elevate it? Like maybe. I don't know. I, maybe I don't not. So. I don't think so. Russ maybe Button not. says Niners can't keep a quarterback healthy through a whole season. Both Purdy and Lance will see plenty of playing time. Lance will not be traded. Agree. 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 Russ, thank you. Spitting. Truth. Up. Nathan says, Grant, does your Monday show always start at 11 a.m.? Yeah, unless the Niners play like a night game on the East Coast and it takes me too long the next day to come back. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. King Q says, shout out to Grant for calling it how it is from day one. They say you're worst. They say you're the worst, but to real Niner fans, we look <laughs> for your quality control. And the real, you called out Debo last year and Kyle Shanahan for a bad line. Thank you. Thank you, man. 
I feel like we got enough content creators saying the Niners are the smartest people of all time. And it's like, okay, sure. Uh, Not all the time. Yeah. Not all the time. Shreddy Murphy says, how you miss on Rodgers in 05? Was it 05? Yeah, it was 05. I don't know, man. Crazy. He's a Cal guy, local guy, California guy. He wanted to be a Niner. He was a Niner fan. I I don't know, man. I will say, though, that the two quarterbacks that that the Yorks have drafted in the top three, Alex Smith, Trey Lance, those are the two, right? Nice guys. Nice guys. And when you draft a quarterback that high, it's an organizational decision. You got to get the owners on on board. And I could see the Yorks loving Alex Smith. I know they loved Alex Smith. Loving Trey Lance because they can work with that guy. Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. Mac Jones is super sensitive and also a little rough around the edges. I could see the Yorks being like, no one Rodgers. For for some for whatever trivial reason. No, I'm Mac. We want that. If 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 everything's the same, guys, we like this guy better. Well, I mean, think about Brady. They also like Solomon Thomas, who's kind of like that. Think about Brady and Montana and and Young. It's not that they were bad guys, but they weren't nice. Like they're not like no. I'm a nice guy. That's Driven. Not who they are not people pleasers, man. They'll you they will a, chew you, you need out. That edge. Uh, you need that honest. dog in you. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know if Trey has it. I don't know. We'll not see. sure. Yep. Mo says Walsh traded up for Jerry Rice from this FCS. That's true, um, but that's a different position. And uh, Rice was prolific in the FCS. Prolific. Yeah. Lamonte757 says, how do people give this the same excuse? How do people give Sam the excuse he learned in the offense, but what about the fact Trey Lance is as good as Sam with way less starts? If I were Trey, I would see this as a win. 50 more starts than Trey, bro. Yeah, I, I would I agree. agree with that. I yeah. agree. I thought it was interesting. Like, no one really has anything super nice to say about Sam right now at the Niners. They're like, yeah. I asked George, what do you think of Sam? He's like, well, he like looked eight directions before, before he did like, that. He took a deep sigh. He said, "Yeah, you know, he's uh, learning the offense, and uh, uh, the Peter deep, principle deep applies breath. to Kyle Shanahan. He's just an OC. Right. Yeah, the Peter principle is—is is that where like you get promoted beyond your? You keep getting promoted because you're good at something, and then eventually you get promoted to something you're not good at. I think this that's is new to me. Peter I've principle. never heard of the Peter principle. I think so. that's what it is. I'll look it up. Timothy Glander says, "Why is it that QBs can't improve arm strength? They can a little bit." But I mean, you just have it or you don't. In general, you can see like incremental. I mean, he's gone through puberty at this point. Like, what else is he gonna do? <laughs> yeah, unless he's like totally mechanically off and he's like losing a lot of power that he could somehow just completely. But he's not. I think he's actually sort of pretty yeah. good mechanically. Yeah. So what he could do is just like crow hop into his throws like an outfielder. But you usually don't have that kind of space and time. I mean, it's like you know, why is it that QBs can't improve their arm strength? I mean. You know, I can go out there and throw a baseball right now. There's nothing I can really do to get myself up to 90 miles an hour right now. You know, ever in your whole life, it's not going to happen to you for you. And here's why coaches a lot of times in these pro days will tell a quarterback to get on his knees and throw as far as he can from his knees, because the whole idea is take momentum out of it. Of course, people like that's why outfielders run into their throws and crow hop, because you can and it gives you more distance and arm strength, but in velocity. But if. You can't do that in the pocket. A lot of the throws, the most important throws you make are off your back foot with pressure in your face. So what kind of power can you get just from flicking your hips and flicking your wrist and with your arm yeah. off your back foot? What can you do? That's yeah. arm strength. And that's not Brock. Yeah. It's not Brock. It's not It's not going to be natural for him. I mean, I, you mm-hmm. know, her, uh, Justin Herbert 
uh, he could do through this 65 yards running, getting tackled on a line. Like there's nothing that Brock's going to be able to do to become that kind of passion. And if you have a quarterback like that, Bill Walsh said, like it's, it's important to know a uh, quarterback's limitations. So you know how to like tailor the offense to him. Like that was key. You do, can do whatever you want with Justin Herbert. There's nothing you have to do. There's right. nothing you have to minimize. Like whatever, whatever, whatever works that week to beat that team. And that that line from Bill Walsh, because so I, I watched your video this morning, really good video, good, great words from Bill Walsh. But that line, what he's talking about is, you know, if there's not, if he doesn't have the full inventory of throws, then that's going to dictate what kind of offense you can run. And that right. is the limitation. Like, right. you cannot do everything. Therefore, it's a yeah. limitation. And yeah, like Bill made it work with Joe. He was still looking around. Yeah. You think if Bill could have traded Joe for, Joe for John Elway, he wouldn't have done it? He might have done it. <laughs> from from Bill's perspective, yeah. he's like, man, if I could win with Joe and his limitations, what if I had a guy with no limitations? Why am I looking at Steve in the first place? Yeah, I mean, there are things that you know are. There's some things you can't scout, like the intangibles, and I think Brock has a lot of that stuff. Um, so you know, I get it, and I, I you know, and it's, it's, I don't want to beat up on Brock, man. He's done a no. really good job for his nope. season, man. He really has. It's just there's, yeah. there are limitations within his game. I, and again, I keep wanting to come back to, I think Bill would really like Brock. I think he would really like Brock. I just also feel like he wouldn't give up on Trey. He wouldn't commit himself to Brock. He would like Brock. He would see all the good in Brock, and he might even want to start him, but I think he would want to coach Trey, and I think he would get results. He wouldn't be like, oh, man, hey, Trey, go work with Jeff Christensen and then get back to me. He'd be like, work with me, okay? Yeah. Work with me. You know what else he wouldn't even do is run what? QB powers up the middle on 3rd uh -huh. and twelve. That's another thing he would not. He wouldn't have any. He would actually develop him as a quarterback. His his, yeah. his development wouldn't be, hey, um, play running back half the time. That's what we're gonna do. And if you can't, yeah. you freaking suck. Yeah. Which would is what happen. Kyle did with RG three. Yeah. Ink Talk TV says I made it to a live. Ohio Welcome. Niner gang. Welcome. Ohio. Shout out from shout out to the state of Ohio in general. Papa Phil says the fan base is divided because younger fans don't remember the glory days and racism is real. Never ending the Colin Kaepernick conversation. We got to talk about that. I think part of the fact is that Colin Kaepernick, the way it ended, a lot of fans were really turned off. And I think they, whether they know it or not, something about Trey brings Reminds up feelings them. from the past, even though they're yeah. different people. You see, you see the same criticisms that Colin Kaepernick got about Trey Lance, and they're like, like totally different people. Total different people, totally different quarterbacks. Yeah. Like they, they talk about him like he has mechanics, like Colin Kaepernick. He never had mechanics as bad as Colin Kaepernick had. Right. Colin Kaepernick had bad mechanics, right? They True. say he's they say he's like a one or two read quarterback. Colin Kaepernick was more guilty of that. Trey Lance yeah. is not. I, I haven't right. seen that from Trey Lance. I see him scanning the field. So the, like the base, like where does this come from? He's not Colin Kaepernick. Like why are you saying these things? It seems like you think he's Colin Kaepernick. I don't like how the 49ers right. handed that whole, handled that whole situation with Colin Kaepernick, and I don't like how some of the fans treated him. I understand the anger because of what happened. I get it. But, I mean, that's just a But mess. doesn't it feel like Trey's sort of being yeah, he's punished getting some of that. for the way not certain Niner fans feel about what happened seven years ago? Residuals. I mean, how old was Trey Lance when that would happen? Like, was he even in high school? 12, yeah. <laughs> Ink Talk TV says this situation like the Niners going all out to marry Trey then falling in love with the below average side chick don't go chasing waterfalls <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> don't go chasing waterfall uh, true, I, I went part of like, Ohio I, I lived in Cincinnati for like a year yeah, you live in Cincinnati for a year yeah 
I was in Cincinnati in 2021 when they played the Bengals, and I had that chili, and I hated it. Skyline chili? Yeah, they I put it. chili on top of spaghetti noodles. I could, my mom, may she rest in peace, would never allow me to have spaghetti with chili on it. I'm sorry. She's Italian. I'm half Italian. No way! So that's why they put it on spaghetti. Disgusting. Or they put it on hot dogs. So I was like, okay, I'll try the uh, chili dog. That sounds fun. First of all, the little hot dogs I give you are the Con- nastiest hot dogs you've ever had. Con- Con- Conies. Conies. Why do they have to have my name? And they're sour. They're a little sour. It's disgusting. Yeah, they're a little sour. And, and then the chili is out. like runny yeah. and bland. And people yeah. are like, this is the best chili in the world. Like, dog. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But I actually like Cincinnati. They have like this one little uh, neighborhood called Over the Rhine, I want to say. That's kind of like the hood. That's new the hood. and cool. Yeah. It's yeah. tight. I, I liked yeah. it. Um, <laughs> Daryl Smock says, good morning, Grant. And Rayon. Rayon. Just want to say thank you guys are the best. Jesse Naylor, too. Nah, I don't, I don't vouch for Jesse. I don't vouch for Jesse. <laughs> All right. Uh, week one. Who do you think the Steelers would rather face? Brock Purdy coming off essentially no offseason. Um, with the tape they have on him, or Trey Lance coming off essentially no football the last three years, and the little tape they have on him. I mean, I so I took this poll on mm. on Twitter, and fifty nine percent of Forty Nine er fans said they would rather face Brock. So I think I mean here's the thing: they, they have tape on Brock. We know what Brock so far. We know what he's good at. We know. Some, some maybe some areas of weakness, things he needs to improve. He's coming off a UCL injury. I think if I'm a defensive coordinator for the Steelers, I'd rather face Brock because you kind of know what's coming. With Trey Lance, you really don't know. Uh, and plus, he like opens the field up as far as a runner, as far as the deep passing game. You know, the question with Trey Lance is really those, and what Brock was really good at is those intermediate throws. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance can't get those intermediate, like people talk about his like easy ones. He really was not that bad on those easy throws. He was at like 67.5. Brock was at like 71, I think. So he wasn't as good as Brock at those easy ones, but he wasn't like awful. Where he struggled mm-hmm. and where Brock was way better than Trey Lance was the 10 to 20 range. Trey is mm-hmm. better over 20, but between 10 and 20 yards, Brock was eating it up. He, I think he had one of the best, he was like 80% in that range or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. Uh, so that's where Brock is really good. That's where Trey struggles. But outside of that, if Trey can get that down, and then he also gives you the deep, and he also gives you the run threat, and there's the unknown factor. I think I'd rather go up against Brock if I'm if I'm Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, you have tape on him. You have a feel for his tendencies. Uh, he has no off season, so you think maybe he's rusty. Maybe he's not super confident yet. I mean, if you gotta face Brock, now's a good time, especially if no preseason. So yeah. you kind of know what's coming. The, pro- the Niners haven't been able to install a bunch of new stuff for him because he hasn't been around. The offense should be very similar to what it was last year down the stretch. You should feel pretty confident in your uh, game plan. Um, with Brock, I feel like from Mike Tomlin's perspective or Terrell Austin, the D coordinator over there, it it might be a little anxiety-provoking to create a defensive game plan for Trey because you've never seen him play with, with McCaffrey. Like, you don't know what they're planning. He's been there all offseason. They could have installed all kind of stuff that wasn't there last year, and you're guessing that they yeah. didn't show in preseason. So that's scary. I mean, the one thing you could say is, well, you know, forget all that. 
I know the Niners players deep down don't believe in Trey. So I want Trey on the field because they won't they won't be as confident. And that's all I care about. Like, yeah, we'll be in the dark and it'll be a mystery, but I'm a good coach. I'll see it. Now, we'll adjust mid-game. They won't adjust, but they deep down don't believe in themselves with Trey on the field, and the freaking Bears beat them last year. So I want that Niners team, the, the, the one that lacks confidence. That's the only thing. Hmm. I can see yeah. I can see team sticking either I way. I mean, they don't even pick him up when he gets sacked. I want that guy on the field for whatever reason. I mean, the, the thing is that with Brock, you know what's going to happen. It's short slants over the middle. Uh, yeah or dump offs on the outside, right? That's what's going to happen. It's so predictable with Trey. You don't really know. So he, he could be, are they going to run him like they did last year? Who knows? Maybe don't they're know. not going to. Is don't he going to continue to look downfield or? So yeah, like, do you prepare for the zone read week of the game? Yeah. If you do and they don't do it, you wasted your time. If you don't and they do, you lose. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah. So that, yeah. that advantage, uh, also, what if you don't know which quarterback's going to start week one? Do you prepare for yeah. both? And that's, you know, Kyle's going to milk that to the last second as well. But he also, should. he should. But also, what if, what if they just run Brock Purdy's offense with Trey? They won't be expecting that either, right? They're going to think, hey, if the Trey Lance is coming out, they're going to be doing this and this and this. What if they just run the Brock Purdy offense with Trey? Well, Chris Forster did say when he was speaking during OTAs, like he said, we haven't installed quarterback runs. That means it doesn't mean they won't. But until I see them install some quarterback runs, they're not running the Trey Lance offense anymore. It's him and the Brock Purdy offense, which is what you wanted. That's what I want. That's what sure. you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I would like to see Trey Lance hand off more. I feel like they're averaging six yards a carry in his career when he hands the ball off. Like, why don't you just start there? Yeah. Start there. Let him why do does it. he have to run? He's good Let at handing off. Jimmy was Jimmy good at handing did. off. Let him do what Brock and Jimmy did. And then also be able to take some deep shots on occasion. Keep the defense Another off. thing Trey does really well that I feel like people don't give him credit for, or it's small, but since we're giving Brock credit for the small things, his play fakes. Trey has really good play fakes. He really sells them. Yeah. Stands it, brings it into his... It's good. Watch Sam. Lackadaisical. <laughs> Darnold, do it better. They're important. Yeah. Little details. All right. The situation is like the Niners. Oh, we got you. Daryl Smock, got you. Michael Hamilton. Post the imaginary film clips of Trey balling, please. Damn, Michael. I will for you. Daryl Smock says, sorry for the misspelling of your name, Ryan. How do you guys feel about Kruger always talking about trading Trey Lance? I don't think they should give him his chance to start. I don't like it. I think they should give him his chance to start. I think Larry just said he thought they would. Um, They haven't yet. Uh, Lance might want it. Don't know, but I think it's pretty clear the Niners aren't moving any quarterbacks until they're all, until Brock's healthy and they see what he's got. Trey's not getting traded before we've won unless he absolutely demands it. Yeah. Which clearly he hasn't. Otherwise, we would have heard. The 49ers' father slash daddy says, ever seen a franchise invest so much to acquire a potential franchise quarterback like Lance just to invest and support so little into the quarterback once acquired? No. No, it's unprecedented, and that's why. That's why some people think, man, Trey must suck, or other people think, man, Trey's getting screwed. It's one of the two. Yeah. It's one of the two. All right, moving on. I said this quarterback competition is a sham, and I think it is in a way. I don't think there's actually a way that you can have a a fair competition. To have a fair competition, you would have to have the same players around, like the same offensive line in the field, the same weapons, the same defensive players, the same plays and the same coverages every single time. 
And everyone would have to be as tired. You're like, you know, it, it's impossible to have a 50-50, but they're trying. And they're trying for a reason. I think they actually want, they think this could have a positive benefit if only for what it represents. What do you think? So I think this is going to bug you later too. Look at, look at, it says the, the bug me. competition reel. Oh no. I know it's going to bug you. So I'm going to catch it for you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so here's the thing. I think there's a part of me that wants, here's what I want to believe. I want to believe that Kyle Shanahan's playing a little 3d chess here or 4d chess. I don't, is it 3d chess or what's the expression? 40 chess. I think it's 4d. 5d, 5d chess. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So, we all know what happened when Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance had to compete and how the team was not behind Trey Lance because they felt like the next year they just kind of gave it to Trey Lance. There was yeah. no competition. I'm wondering if Kyle Shanahan is being smart here because when they when they brought in Sam Darnold, I looked at him as an insurance policy. I don't look at him as anything else. I still don't to this day. I'm wondering if Kyle Shanahan is playing this. Let's bring in Sam Darnold. Let's let Trey compete in front of his team and earn this spot. I think Kyle Shanahan wants Trey Lance to beat out Sam Donald. I would be surprised if that's not the case, if he just does not care at all. I think he wants Trey Lance to beat out Sam Donald, and I think he thinks that's what's going to happen. And he probably thinks that this is the best thing for the locker room because if he goes out and earns it and beats him in a competition, that shows his teammates that he's the guy, and it also shows Trey – gives him confidence to believe in himself. So I'm wondering if Kyle's doing this. That's possible. See, to me, I think it's less about what the team wants and more about Trey's confidence. Mm-hmm. Like what, what George said last week was he's so much better than last year, and it's a lot about his confidence. You can see he's confident now, which yeah. implies he was not confident last year, and we could feel it. And I think that's a big thing. Like forget about – me judging how he throws and slowing down his mechanics. Like I'm in the lot. I'm in the huddle. He's not confident. We all feel it. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if it takes a quarterback competition with Sam Darnold for Trey to feel confident again and feel like the pressure's off and to feel like, oh, okay, I am better than him. I can show it. Then great. But I don't think it's necessarily about showing the team like, hey, we're not anointing him. I think it's about showing the team he believes in himself. And it seems like that's what Kittle is saying more about Trey than about Sam. Because to yeah. me, Sam is, you know, a, a walking insecurity as a quarterback. Like, he, he displays no confidence. Yeah. Maybe if good I, I think, I think it, to me, I think it's about both. But I see what your point is. I mean, the main thing is that Trey's confident. Because if he's confident, confident nothing else matters whether people around him are or not. That's the main thing. But, like, I, I really feel like there's a part of it where the Cabo click has to be on board with, with Trey Lane. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and this gives him an opportunity to earn that respect. Like he's out here True. being Sam Darnold. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, I, and I think True. Kyle could be smart enough to, you know, obviously he bought in Sam Darnold. He's like, hey, maybe he does. Maybe he is better than Trey Lance. Who knows? But I don't yeah. really think he thinks that that's what's going to happen. And I don't think he wants that to happen because if that happens, then what does? How does that make Kyle Shanahan look? If you, if the guy you traded three first for lost to Sam freaking Darnold. That's confirming that you you made a mistake with Trey Lance. Yeah, and it's so possible when they're in, when they're in Cabo, uh, they're talking like you know what are we gonna do while Brock's out? And Trey, uh, Kyle's like, we're good, we got Trey, and everyone's like, that guy has no confidence. And McCaffrey's like, hey, what about Sam? I played with him. And Kyle's like, okay, 
We can bring in Sam. Fine. So have it your way. Bring in the guy who also has no confidence, and when my guy beats him out, then you guys can't complain anymore. Fair? Fair? Is that okay? But the question is, does this quarterback competition help Trey's confidence or hurt it? Maybe it helps him. If he loses it, he's done. Done. I don't see that happening. If he wins it, it should definitely help him. You know, he's another third pick, third overall pick from USC, big school, right? He, you came in. He's been here six years. This is your third uh, off season. You beat him. It's got to help his confidence. It's got to. You could say like they tried last year to call him the starter, put your arms around him, tell the tell the vets support him. It didn't necessarily lead to a confident quarterback. Right. According to Kittle. So now try something else. Take the pressure off. Don't say he's a starter. Say you're competing. Say you're competing with the known stiff. And see if that brings out the confident side in Trey Lance. And apparently, according to Kittle, it has. Maybe he's Lance is the kind of guy who needs someone to say, I don't believe in you more than I do believe in you. Because now he can prove you wrong. And here's the thing, though, too. It's like a lot of people, a lot of people, like, don't take into consideration that Kyle Shannon and Trey Lance talk often. It's not like they never see each other, right? So Kyle Shannon could be telling Trey, like, dude, I fully expect you to beat this guy, but you got to go out and do it, you know? And when you do it, then now now you've earned your spot in front of everybody. I believe in you. Go do it. Yeah. I tried to install you last year this way. It didn't work. We're going to do it a different way this year. Right. Right. It's possible. It's definitely possible. He's smart enough to figure that out. Okay, last topic. This was a big topic among Niners content creators all offseason. I mean, all weekend. I chimed in last yesterday. Are Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy the same guy? I feel like they have one or two clear differences, but many similarities. When the ball leaves their hand, I think pretty much is very similar. But before the ball leaves their hand, there are some key differences. I think, let me give you the, I'll give you the pluses for Jimmy first. What Jimmy's better at than Brock, there's only like two things. He, he's more accurate. Pocket he's more, passing. He's a more accurate pocket passer than Brock Purdy. Not that, not that Brock Purdy's completely inaccurate. But Jimmy's right on the money. If, you, if, if the first read is open and it's a quick, short pass, He's very accurate. There. He has more zip on his throws. Uh, he has a stronger arm. He has, has touch too. Right. He's a better pocket passer than Brock. So that that I'll give to to Jimmy. But everything else, Brock Purdy's better at to me. Yeah. Okay? Everything else. I mean, everything. Jimmy Jimmy has a better arm than Brock, but Brock actually looks downfield more than Jimmy. You know. Yeah, he's more. He daring. wants to push it downfield, yes. even though his yes. arm's not as strong as Jimmy's was. Uh, Jimmy is the That's true correct. dink and dunker by any definition, no matter whose yeah. definition you're using. And it got worse as time went on. Yes. And then he's a statue in the pocket. Correct. Completely yeah. different. To me, Brock, and what was weird about the video, and I like that video, I thought it was very informative. But the one thing that was strange to me is he said Jimmy sees the field better than Brock in that video, which I completely different, disagree with. I yeah, think, I'm not sure about that. I think Brock sees the field better than Jimmy. I, to me, he sees, he knows where guys are going to be before they get there. When he's scrambling around, I see that in Brock. He's a playmaker to me, and to me, he's way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, in, in the video, he did show Jimmy like getting to the third read in his progression on the backside of the play from the pocket, which I don't know that Brock could do that. To Alex Rollins' point, great video. Brock is more 
scramble out of the pocket, take a yeah. look around, calm down. Oh, George Kittle's running a route that we didn't even draw up. Oh, okay, I got him. Like and he sees it. I, I don't think Jimmy has it in him because he just panics after two and a half seconds. Right. If he has the ball in his hands after two and a half seconds, he's like, I'm getting hit. Where's it coming from? I'm going to get hurt. What's going on? Like, right. Maybe Purdy will feel like that eventually because once you, that's the thing about playing quarterback. You can be real daring, but once you've had a, a surgery or two, are you going into survival mode? Jimmy did. A lot of quarterbacks do. We'll see about Brock. And I'm, I'm, I am concerned that they make him more Jimmy esque, like try to ring it back a little, dial it back, like play within the offense, stay in the pocket, like, what was the last thing Bill Walsh said in his essay? He said, above all else, the most important thing for a quarterback, nothing a coach can prepare him for or teach, is what he called spontaneous greatness. And the concept is, you know, you can you can choreograph everything. You can set him up for all the success, but eventually at some point in the season, maybe in the Super Bowl, it's going to be tight, five minutes left, up a couple, down a couple, and the play's not going to work. It's going to be a little off. It's going to be a little bit of chaos. Is your guy going to make the right decision on the fly? Joe Montana did when Freddie Solomon fell. and Jimmy he did not have that. He didn't have that. No. And Brock showed some of that last year. That. And so what did Brian Greasy and Kyle Shanahan say? The coaching point for Brock was this offseason? Do that less. That. <laughs> less spontaneous that. genius, yeah. more robotic pocket passing. They don't get it. I'm no. sorry. They don't get yeah, it. Yeah, that's one thing that worries me. And the offense does look similar. Like if you look at – it's, it's short, over-the-middle passing game, right? Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Garoppolo was 31st in deep shots. 31st. Correct. Like the worst. The dink and dunk king. Brock Purdy was 18th, mm-hmm. which is better. Better. But is it that much more dynamic to where it's no. going to change everything? It's not no. really. It's and this is what defense is daring you to throw deep. It's not like they're being like, oh, my God, like this Brock Purdy's got an arm. we got to play too deep, play off. And just hope and pray he checks down. Like that is just not how people play Brock. Same defense. In fact, they're they're playing eight in the box more with Brock than they do with Jimmy because Brock's arm is weaker. You can say whatever you want about his his desire, his intent, his his courage, his spontaneity. His arm is weaker, and that was before he tore it the, the UCL. So we'll see. Yeah. So they have similarities. I'll take Brock all day long over Jimmy. I'll take Brock all day long over yeah. Jimmy because I do think that. Forget the age and the, and the price. Forget all that. Mobility is critical, to Bill yeah. Walsh's point. The ability to evade a pass rush is critical. And that's, to me, why Jimmy is hurt all the time. Because he can't do it. can't do it. And he knows yeah. it. Yeah, and he was that's actually, he before his ACL injury, he was out okay at it. Uh, okay. Now he's but no he good. Brock Purdy. He wasn't Brock He was Purdy okay. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so Brock isn't what I would call mobile. I don't think he's going to be running for two, three hundred yards, four or five touchdowns in a year. He's too small. He's not fast. He'll get lit up, but he can get away. Yeah. He can extend the play. It's nice. Lance theoretically can do that plus, but Lance, everything with him is theoretical until they get him on the field for like more than a game. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Nathan, Jimmy and Brock were good at the, at the dank and the dunk, but how's Darnold? <laughs> His deep ball accuracy isn't the best. Is Trey with the deep ball? Trey, Trey is nice with the deep ball. Uh, I I don't know what Darnold is good at. I'm not sure that he's proven he's good at anything. I don't. Can I ask you something? Can I ask you something about Darnold? Because I I wasn't there. I'm just watching your videos and other videos. In the warmups, uh, one thing I think is no is correct me on the two things. Correct me on wrong. In the warmups, Trey Lance was always first in the warmups. Every single OTA, every single minicamp, right? He led the warmups. Believe so. 
I believe okay, so. so. I think that's important to note because that does say something uh, as right. far as like the, who's leading right now uh, or who understands what they're supposed to be doing maybe. But here's my here's what I want to ask you is when I'm watching Trey Lance throw the ball and I'm watching Sam Darnold throw the ball, I don't see this – and I love Matt Mayoka, but I don't see this greater of the football – greatest throw of the football thing. Did you see anything resembling the greatest throw of the football? No, I mean – Darnold was nine of eighteen in eleven on elevens in minicamp. Nine of eighteen with two drops, so that would be eleven of eighteen. Like that's not. I mean, even in warmups, like, when you're just throwing no, the ball, I mean, he, he's okay. I mean, I guess he has a quicker release. I guess than Trey Lance, he might have the ability to throw the ball for more platforms, but like none of that theoretical ability translates to anything on the field for Sam Darnold. He still hesitates. He it's still makes bad decisions. Like he was and was his deep ball hanging? Yes. Like he doesn't hanging. throw an accurate deep ball. Like whether or not he has the physical arm strength to put it out there, he's not accurate with it. Yeah, only he has confidence with it. Yeah. So I don't really see it with Sam yet. And I don't okay. think that that's why people are talking about Brandon Allen because they don't see it with Sam. Do you think Jimmy's contract had an NDA take Kyle's BS clause? I think that's why they paid him so much. No, but I think it's understood, man. If you're getting paid $27 million a year, yeah. like just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Until you're on your way other, out. Other quarterbacks might might tell Kyle, shut up. We don't know what Jimmy said behind closed doors. He said on the field your plays freaking suck, man. So we don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We also know that Jimmy didn't answer his phone calls or return his text. So maybe his attitude was leave me the hell alone. I'm done with you. I'm yeah. done with you. See you next year. That's the show. Thanks for watching. What you got going on the rest of the day? Nothing today, man. I got shows Tuesday and Friday and Sunday. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. It'd be much appreciated. Yeah. Subscribe to Ryan's channel and mine as well if you haven't. Thanks for watching. Be back at 3 o'clock. See you guys.